Croeso. Welcome to the third episode of the Leanne Wood podcast. This podcast is an alternative media source that aims to shine a light on the political issues that don't get sufficient attention in the mainstream media and to give voice to people we don't hear enough from. If you think this is a worthwhile project and you'd like to support it to continue, you can find out how to become a subscriber at the end. In this third episode, we take a look at the politics around immigration. Wasan Shire said, No one puts their children in a boat unless the water is safer than the land. Poignant words when we consider the lack of compassion in this debate. When right-wing politicians and their friends in the mainstream media spend years dehumanising those seeking safety, it becomes easy to push through legislation that gives the border force powers to turn back boats using, and I quote, reasonable force if necessary. Rocio Cifuentes is the chair of the Welsh Refugee Coalition, a network of 40 organisations working to oppose this legislation. She also leads EAST, the Ethnic Minorities Youth Support Team, which supports refugees as part of its work. Hello, Rocio. Lovely to have you here today. I wonder if you can start by explaining your personal situation, your own circumstances, and the work that you currently do with refugees. Lovely to be here. Thank you for the invite. So I came to Wales as a baby with my parents who had to flee from Chile because of the dictatorship. The Pinochet dictatorship might mean something to some of your listeners in the late 70s. So I, I, I don't really remember what happened, but I know that my parents and many others were persecuted. Um, my dad was tortured in prison for a while. And really, they had no choice but to leave Chile if they wanted to, to live and to protect me, their, you know, their one year old baby. They were very lucky that they were supported by the United Nations High Commission for Refugees and also that they were welcomed by Wales and given the option to continue their studies in, in Swansea University in their case. And, uh, and so that's how we ended up, ended up in Swansea. And I grew up in Swansea, had a lovely, happy childhood. We were safe. We were welcomed. And, uh, and that's, that's, you know, that's just my story. And there are thousands of, of people who went through the same from Chile. And unfortunately, many similar situations are still happening around the world, even today. So, so that's very much what the line of work that I'm in. I, I run the charity called Ethnic Minorities and Youth Support Team. Um, we call it EAST for short. And it supports people from minority ethnic backgrounds from across Wales, including people who are refugees or asylum seekers or migrants. We, we're relatively large. We have about 60 staff. And we do all different types of work to support people from minority ethnic backgrounds to really contribute and participate and to be valued members of Welsh society. But a, a really important part of our work that has developed more so over the years is specifically providing advice and support to people who come to Wales fleeing persecution and who, who seek asylum and seek sanctuary in, in the UK and end up in Wales 
through, you know, with no other choice, really. So we provide advice to those people, support, signposting, orientation. We, we help them understand how, how things work here in Wales, how to register with schools, with doctors, how to really, you know, get through this very difficult time in their lives. They have faced the most huge and horrific upheaval, many unimaginable things, really. Many have young children. They're just young families, mostly doing their best to get on, very similar to what my family went through. So it's really important that we could provide that support. We've also recently been providing support to some of the families who've had to flee Afghanistan and the awful situation there. Unfortunately, these situations keep that there isn't there doesn't seem to be an end to them. All we can do is try and do our best to help people who have to flee and have no other choice and do end up in Wales. Your story is a very positive one, but the people that you were working with today, I'm sure, are in a much more difficult situation or a different situation to the one that you faced. We know that the government, the UK government, have plans to really crack down on the work that it does, the provision that it should be providing for refugees is going to be diminished even further. Can you outline what you understand the government plans to be for refugees and people seeking a safe space here in Wales? Yes, well, the first thing to understand is that decisions around immigration and asylum are not allowed to be made by the Welsh government. Those decisions are only allowed to be made by the UK government. So even though the Welsh government has committed to being a nation of sanctuary, and I believe does try its best to support people who who do seek asylum in Wales and who, who end up living here, the UK government has quite different plans. And the current UK government and the Home Secretary, uh, Priti Patel, has put forward a proposal under a bill called the Nationality and Borders Bill, which seeks to change the whole way that asylum seekers are treated when they try to come to the UK. So at the moment, the well, since 1951, not, not so much at the moment, since 1951, the UK has been a signatory to the Geneva Convention on Refugees, which is part of the international human rights framework that you know we're very fortunate to, to be signatories to in the UK, and basically says that anyone who has to flee from persecution, war or torture has the right to request asylum and to seek sanctuary and safety in, in any of the signatory countries. So that is how my family were able to come here. And, and many others. The proposal from the UK government now is to change that and only allow certain people who come through pre-arranged routes to come and seek asylum. And they are suggesting that we should treat anyone who comes through alternative routes as illegal. That is the, the basic problem, is that if this proposal goes through, then some people who are forced to flee awful terrible situations where their life and the, the lives of their children is at risk. If they didn't have the right papers, if they weren't able to get their passports in order before they had to flee, if they didn't manage to get to the right part of the country where the formal resettlement routes were being arranged, then they would just be treated as illegal 
they would be turned back at the airport or however they managed to arrive in, in the UK and they wouldn't have any rights to even ask for asylum, even to have their cases considered by the current asylum system. And that would mean that so many people and so many families, children, mothers, fathers, uncles, aunts, would unfortunately lose their lives. They would have no other choice. It's horrific. How is this consistent with international law? It's not. It's, it's actually a complete violation of international law. It completely goes against what the UK government signed up to as part of the Geneva Convention. It completely undermines that human rights framework. And this is why it's being so strongly opposed by so many different organisations in the UK and in Wales. And it, it needs to be opposed. The public, we hope, can start to understand how dangerous this proposal, if it goes through, is. We are urging people to really write to their MPs because it's the MPs who will be making the decision on this and whether it goes through or not. And to really get people to understand that if this law proposal goes through, it will mean that many people, for example, from Afghanistan who just just had to flee and had no other choice, those families, those children, those women and girls would have no safe route to safety. Their safety would be severely constrained and it's not in accordance with international law or the UK's current obligations at all. So it is really dangerous and we're urging people to, to challenge that. If the UK government can have such disregard for international law, what are the implications of that? I mean, does, does the whole system start to unravel? Potentially, yes. We, we could see other human rights disregarded. We could see, you know, women's rights, children's rights. All of those have been hard fought, hard won, and they are an integral part of the, the British values that we hold so dear and, and and Welsh values even. So if we start to just pick and choose which international rights we wish to uphold, then that is a very dangerous slippery slope. So an attack on one is an attack on all of us, yeah? Exactly, exactly. Um, I mean, the pandemic has shown us how interrelated we are across the globe and this notion that none of us is safe until all of us are safe is the same is true if in, in, a, in an international rights perspective. There was some hope given to me anyway with the recent support for the RNLI, the lifeboat fundraising that recently took place after that charity were attacked by the far right politicians for basically rescuing people whose lives were in danger at sea and the public reaction to that gave us something to hold on to I think many people donated to that but apart from donating to causes like this you've mentioned that people should write to their MP about this upcoming legislation can you give us any other advice as to what we can do as progressive political activists to change the narrative, to change the debate, to change the situation with regards to what's come in for refugees? I'm an optimist and I'm, and I'm usually a glass half full person. So I was like you, I was heartened by the public response to the awful attempt by, by some far right groups to 
disparage the RNLI for the amazing work that they do. And the RNLI is an example of a humanitarian organization that is there to save lives, regardless of their status or their legal situation or their papers. The RNLI save all lives, not just the lives of people who have a certain certificate or piece of paper. And long may they prosper and continue to work in that way. So I was very heartened by, like, as you said, by the public response. And that really shows that the vast majority of people in Wales and in the UK are good, kind, moral, humanitarian people who can see the common sense in that. Of course, if somebody is drowning, you you help them out. You You give them a helping hand. You throw them a dinghy. Of course you do. And to suggest otherwise is just abhorrent. What else can people do? They can. There there are many fantastic local charities working in Wales to support people who, who have fled and have come to Wales. I'm chair of something called the Welsh Refugee Coalition, which is a coalition of about 50 organisations from small to large working in Wales to support people who have come to Wales seeking sanctuary. People can, if you Google the Welsh Refugee Coalition, we've got links to the many different local organisations. Many local organisations need volunteers, some need items, donating and so on. But the most important thing is to really hold politicians to account, because even though some practical support and goods are needed, the biggest threat is to the legislation and to the to the human rights framework, which enables this humanitarian system to continue. And so at the moment, what our strongest message is to people to really try and oppose this bill. There are online events being organised to consolidate information and, and gather opposition to the bill. And there, there's a movement of people who want to support people seeking sanctuary The Welsh Government has committed to being a nation of sanctuary. So you can also lobby the Welsh Government, your your local member of the Senate, to make sure that the Welsh Government is continuing to speak strongly in support of refugees and asylum seekers and in support of being a nation of sanctuary and doing as much as it can to really make that message strongly felt to people in the UK Government. Even though the UK Government makes the decisions on immigration, they do have to listen to an extent to what the devolved nations actually want. So there is a role for the Welsh Government and for people living in Wales to make sure that Welsh Government understands what they want as members of the public and as people who live in Wales, who government is accountable to. So apart from that, it's also about helping more people to really understand the reality of sanctuary and letting people know that it's just not true that asylum seekers or refugees come here for jobs. They don't. Most of them leave fantastically well-paid positions in their home countries. I've said it already, but they, they just are fleeing for their lives. They just want to live as we all would. And the, the financial support that they're entitled to here is incredibly basic and minimal. It's five pounds per person per day to cover all of their basic necessities. So the notion that they come to scrounge, as some tabloids like to portray, is just false. So the more that people can do to really talk to their friends, to their neighbours, to their school children, to anyone that, to work colleagues, anyone that they can have these conversations with to change public understanding, 
that is really, really important because we all, we're all influenced by people around us and people that we have conversations with. You know, there's, there's a bit of a myth that it's, we, we're only influenced by the media and by government. I don't think that's true. I think we're most influenced by people who we know and trust. So if we can all reach out and do our bits to just spread the word to the people directly around us, I think that would go a long way. That's really helpful because it's easy to despair in the current climate. It's easy to look at what's going on with the refugee crisis and see the way the government is going and just feel totally helpless and useless in the situation. So having a a practical list of things that we can all do rather than just wring our hands in despair, but to, to get involved and join this movement of people that are already working against the opposition to this legislation, I think then we can all feel less despairing and more hopeful for the future. I just wanted to finish by asking you about climate change and increased conflict in the future that climate change is likely to bring. What does a good refugee and immigration system look like? You've already said that it's not devolved or responsibility is held at Westminster. But it doesn't have to be that way. It can be different. So what does a good immigration system look like for Wales? And how can we work towards creating a system that is much more compassionate to those who need our help? I I think that personally, I think it would be fantastic if those decisions could be made in Wales. Unfortunately, Climate change is one of the reasons that we will are likely to see an increase in refugees in the future. And also war. War is the, the biggest factor behind people being uprooted and forced to leave their home countries. So again, war in general and security is, is not a devolved issue either. So these decisions are being made very far from Wales, but end up affecting Wales. And it personally, I think it would be far better if people in Wales could make those decisions. But ultimately, whatever the the reasons for people having to leave their home countries, we need to hold on to our values and our humanity, you know, of our values of compassion, of welcome, of tolerance, of offering a warm welcome and shelter and sanctuary to those who need it. That's what makes us human. It's not only what makes us Welsh or British, it's what makes us human. And if we lose that, then we've lost our own humanity. So any rights system or framework or legislation is just built around who we want to be as a people. And I think we are all we already have so much in Wales to be proud of and to retain. I think Wales has it's not a new thing. Wales has always been a place of sanctuary, a place where people have migrated to and have come to contribute their heritage, their culture, their language. There is no such thing as a, as a place w- w- without immigration. So this is something that we just want to continue to, to protect, to treasure, to value, to keep having open arms to people who need that shelter and that compassion. I couldn't agree with you more. Rocio, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and reflections and providing the information that you've provided. Best wishes to you. I'd like to say Diolch to those who have helped me with this project. Diolch to the team at Audacity, the open source audio editing software used to make this podcast. Diolch to Nick James for the artwork. 
Dioch to Llewyn Stefan, the creator of the music. And finally, Dioch to all the podcast supporting subscribers. I'm grateful to all of you. I hope this podcast will get enough support for me to continue to produce it on a regular basis. You have been listening to the Leanne Wood podcast. Dioch and Vaur.